0: All right, so I want to start off today by praising Jesus for my friend Sue. I had, a, I had an instructor a few years ago at School of Kingdom Living who had his catchphrase was, yeah, God, while he was teaching. And uh, yeah, I had always wanted a shirt that said that, and I'd mentioned that to a friend Sue, and uh, she remembered that, and then I just, surprise, got one in the mail this week. It was fun. It made me think of the heart of God. You know, we ask God for things. We tell him what we want. And guess what? He never forgets. Then there's that wonderful day when you get to see the answer to your prayer. All right. So, today we are going to talk about God. This is going to be more of a short and sweet message, all right? I passed out the papers just because I used the New King James Version, which I prefer and uh, wanted you all to be on the same uh, translations with me. Now, today we're going to be talking about the heart of God. God. Our redeeming God. That's the God we serve. We're going to look at God's heart. We're going to examine it. Then we're going to turn around and look at our own lives and see what the implications are for ourselves because of that truth. Now, first, what we're going to look at is a parable given by Jesus. Now, Jesus primarily gave parables for two reasons. First of all parables so he could share truth with his true disciples while masking the truth from the people who didn't have faith, those who weren't actually his disciples, who were just there for the show. The second reason he gave parables was just clarify truth across the board so people would be able to catch what Jesus was trying to say. One of the neat thing about stories is that with stories you can, you can explain uh, emotions, feelings in a deeper way than you can just by explaining. So what Jesus does is gives this parable here. And the reason he gave it was just to be completely clear, perfectly clear to everybody about God's heart. So we're going to be looking at Matthew 18. Now before the printout starts, what was happening in Matthew 18 was Jesus was talking about the little ones. When you hear that term, you might first think of children, and that's what many people do. But in this context, Jesus actually wasn't talking about children. He was talking about these little ones who believe in me. He was talking about believers, talking about people with that simple, beautiful, humble, childlike faith who say, I believe in you, Jesus, and give their lives to him. He goes on to say that you would be better off dead than to mess with one of these little ones. Those are very strong words coming from Jesus, very uncharacteristic of him. And then he goes on to say, if you're about to cause one of these to sin and you're going to use your hand, it's better for you to cut off your hand than that you cause one of these to stumble. Once again, really intense. It's like, this is the Jesus we've been talking about, love, forgiveness, love, forgiveness, cut off your hands. It's like, this is intense. Why, Why is he being so intense? What is the big deal? So we're going to begin right after that, all right? Matthew 18, verse 11, Jesus says, for the Son of Man... That's what Jesus called himself, referred to himself as, for the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. So guess what? Here we have the heart of Jesus, God in the flesh. His mission, his purpose, and his heart is to seek and save those that are lost. That's the heart of God. And that was the heart of Jesus. That's what he came to do. This is called redemption. But we're going to break that word down later. Now, to illustrate this, to illustrate his heart, he gives us this parable. Verse 12, Jesus says, So what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine to go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your father... This is the sovereign, omnipotent God. It's not the will of your Father who is in heaven that even one of these little ones should perish. That's the heart of God. So let's look at this a little more closely. Jesus paints a picture, okay, and he depicts God as a shepherd with all these sheep. But one of these sheep runs away, leaves the fold, and gets lost. The shepherd is distraught, and he sets off and searches, searches, searches until he can find it. Then he rejoices when he does find it and restores it, brings it back into the fold where it came from. That sheep has been redeemed. To redeem something means to buy it back, to bring it back to its original value. In this parable, the sheep is not some random creature, some random thing that the shepherd goes, hey, I think I'm going to go get that. You know, The sheep was originally part of his fold. The sheep had value because it was, part, it was his own. When the sheep got away, it was personal to the shepherd because he loved that sheep. That was part of his. That shepherd, that sheep had inherent value. So the sheep had original value because it was part of the flock, but even though it went its own way. It left, but the loving shepherd set out and restored that sheep. The sheep in this story represent you and represent me. All men, all women, all children, all people are unique, special, original creations by God. And every single one of us has value to God. But, we read in Isaiah 53, that, quote, all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, end quote. We left God's ideal, and we have become lost. But, 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 the good news is, is that God is coming for each and every one of us. He found me when I was six years old. I was lying alone in bed. And at that point, God found me and I gave my life to Jesus. And God's been working in me ever since, redeeming me, making, bringing my life to the place he wants me to be. And he's made me into the man that I am today. I praise Jesus for that. Now, you might be running from God. You might be running from him now, or you might have run from him in the past. But the incredible thing is that he is coming for you. The shepherd is coming for the lost sheep. You may feel lost and confused and not know what to do. But in this this incredible story, we see the heart of God. He is coming for you. We serve a redeeming God. It's an inherent part, an inherent quality of his character. It's who he is. We serve a redeeming God who wipes away our guilt, completely wipes away our shame, changes our nature inside of us. and restores us to our created value and opens us up to experience the fullness of life that he created us for, everything that he wants for us. This is the life he created us to live, the redeemed, restored life. So redemption is available to each and every one of us right here and right now and for all eternity. We know God wants to save individuals. But, that's incredible truth, but... Now I want to ask the question, is that all? Is that the extent of God's heart? That God wants to save individual lives? Let's look at Colossians 1, 19 through 20. What does God say? He's the Father, that in him, that's Jesus, all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. You hear that? All things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or whether things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross, So we often think on an individual level, okay, about God wanting to redeem each and every one of our lives. And that's awesome. But guess what? God's desire is far bigger than that. God wants a lot more than just you and me. God wants everything, the whole world, everything in heaven and everything on earth. That's what God wants. So when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for more than just our sins, When Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price to purchase back the entire universe, the world, everything in heaven on earth. We serve a huge, omnipotent, sovereign God with a huge plan to redeem the entire universe. That's the heart of God. All right? So, we've established that it's God's heart to redeem you and me and everything. So now I want to look at how this should affect our lives. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians 5, beginning in verse 14. This is written by the Apostle Paul, a devoted follower of Jesus. Verse 14, he says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. That's live for Jesus. Verse 16. Therefore, from now on... We regard, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him as thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So, God's heart is to redeem everyone and everything. And in light of that, the Apostle Paul is telling us this truth needs to affect how we see everyone and everything around us. We no longer see the world through our physical eyes, through the eyes of the flesh, but we see it through God's eyes. When God looks at the world, what does he see? Does he just see a pile of sin, of garbage? If if all he saw was a pile of sin and garbage, he would not have come to give his life for it. Guess what? When God sees the world, he sees the potential. He sees what he's doing, what he's working, what his greater plan is. God created the world with a plan in mind. God wants to redeem the world, and God sees the world for the new creation he's making it into. He sees each of our lives for the potential that is in us to live for him. So, back to the passage. Paul continues, verse 18. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus. Reconciled means to make peace. So reconciling us and God, that's making peace. Jesus made peace between God and man. We're no longer are we at enmity with God, no longer are we running from God. Now we can have that relationship with God and we can live in the fullness of everything that he has for us. We can experience life with God. Okay? That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses on them, and has committed to us this word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors, we are representatives for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So the world, the world looks through the eyes of the flesh, the world looks through what can be, what can be seen physically, all right? And that's all the world can tell us. But that should not, should never change our view of things, because we're to have a God's eye view of the world. Look at the news, turn on the news, and what do you see? You'll see violence, you'll see murder and death and destruction, you know? But guess what? We cannot let that get us down, because even in the midst of what we see, guess what? God is working. God is working to redeem the world, God is working to redeem all of us. That's God's heart, that's God's plan. So, God, our all-powerful God, is working to redeem all. Jesus, who knew no sin, Jesus was perfect, became sin for us, so that we might be righteous, be perfect, be whole, and be redeemed. John 3.17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus did not come to condemn. Jesus came to save. Jesus came speaking words of life, of truth. Okay? The law, all right? You look at the law and you say, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. And the law is in our own conscience. Our own conscience tells us what's wrong, okay? When Jesus came, he didn't have to do that. Jesus came to save, to tell people, guess what? God's redeeming God. God's bringing peace between God and man. God has a fullness of life for you, much more than you could ever dream of. It's our job to live like Jesus, he lived the perfect life that we are to live. He left his life as an example. Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but Jesus came that the world through him might be saved. So it's our job, your and my job, all of our jobs, to speak truth to the redeeming, of pow- redeeming power of God at work in the world today. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are representatives of Christ. We've been given a commission to go out and speak his word, to speak his truth to everyone. Everyone around us, everyone we see. And that includes in prayer. We are ambassadors for Christ, spreading his message of love, his message of reconciliation and redemption for the world. So guess what? When we turn on the news and we hear about the violence taking place in Syria, guess what we do? We praise God because we know that he's working in the midst of that. We praise God that as the bombs fall, as whatever should happen, God remains all-powerful. God's heart remains the same. He never changes. And he's working to bring hearts and lives to him in, through that, even in the midst of that. It doesn't mean that that was God's will. It's never God's will, death and killing. But guess what? It is God's will and God's heart to redeem the world, even in the midst of that. So we can know whatever happens over there, God is working to draw hearts toward him. We praise God for that. When we hear about uh, something that's happened here in the city, a murder or an attack, something... Guess what? We praise Jesus because God's working to redeem the world. And we praise Jesus that he's working in Allentown to make Allentown that place of peace and love and joy in the Holy Spirit that we know it can be and that God wants it to be. When we hear about a friend who's struggling, when we hear about someone who's going through something, guess what? We praise Jesus for working in that person's life. We praise Jesus that he's working to redeem everything about that person's life and bring them back to him, bring them into the fullness of life that he created them for originally. That's our message. That's incredible. We praise Jesus for everything, for all that he's doing. You know, guess what? If you don't know what to pray, just pray the heart of God. If you ever come to a point where you just, I just don't know what to pray anymore, just say, thank you, Lord, for your redeeming work. Because that's the heart of God. That's what He's doing. That's what He's going to continue to do all the way until He returns to the earth and with His refining fire burns up all the bad, all the evil, all the yuck and makes the world absolutely perfect again. That's going to be a great day. So, guess what? We speak, I've been saying that a lot, we speak to our friends and everyone we meet and we don't point out and condemn them for their sins but instead we tell them they are desperately loved by God and that he wants to redeem their lives and bring them into the fullness of everything that he has for them. We serve a redeeming God, and we represent that redeeming God to the world. So let us always look at people and everything in the world with God's eyes. God has not given up on us, and he never will give give up on us or the world. We serve a redeeming God who is working to redeem everyone and everything. And that's something we can praise Jesus about. That's incredible. Okay, so I have a video, a song I want to play. Okay, And then I will uh, come up and pray. Now, I would suggest you guys just close your eyes and just listen to the... And also read the words if you'd like. But it's... Yeah.
1: Fall apart. I do, I don't, I will, I won't. It's like I'm drowning in the deep. Well, it's crazy to imagine words from my lips as the arms of compassion. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Who can live or die? So speak like.
0: We love you, Jesus. We thank you for who you are and everything you do. We thank you for the life you lived, the example you left. We thank you for your heart, that you have a heart to redeem, a heart full of grace, mercy, truth, and love, patience, everything. We love you, Jesus. Make us like you. Come down here and fill this sanctuary. Fill it with your spirit in an incredible way, each and every one of our lives. Speak your truth to us and completely reconfigure us. Reconfigure our minds, our eyes, our hearts, our spirits, see the world as you see it. Every moment of every day that we might view the world with the God's eye view, Lord. We are yours completely and wholly. I pray that you will work in each of us to redeem our lives and bring us into the fullness you have for us. You are working, Lord, and I thank you for that, and I praise you for the continuing work you're going to do completely transform our lives and make us that much more like you. Transform our city. Make it that much more like you. We know you're working in the world, Lord Jesus, so just pour out your redeeming blood upon the Middle East, upon everything going on right there, Lord, because we know that you can. We know that you're all powerful. We know that you are sovereign. We know that it's your heart to redeem. So we thank you for the work you're doing over there, Lord, in the midst of whatever happens. We pray for our leaders here, Lord, that you would pour your redeeming blood love into their lives. Draw them to you. Let them see the world through your eyes and let them act accordingly. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for everything you have done, everything you are doing, and everything you will do through us. You are wonderful, Lord Jesus, and we praise you. Make us like you. Glorify yourself in us. In your name, Jesus, we pray these things. Amen.